My, my only agenda is to make a scary, fun movie. And so, you know, if people show up at the theater and they laugh and they scream and they go home and they don't think about the movie ever again, that's okay with me. That, that's, that's really okay. Now, if people want to have conversations about some of, the, some of the broader social themes that are definitely here, that's great. And I'm happy that that, that could be the case too. But, but I, I don't want to make a movie with a big agenda, you know. But the themes that are present are, are about the, the disparity between, you know, how a man and a woman can enter the same situation and have completely different experiences. You know, when, when Tess goes down those stairs, her mindset is the inverse of when AJ goes down those stairs. That's the structure that I'm riffing on in all of them. Right, 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 right. You know, I wish I'd written so much more. You're not gonna just be good. You gotta get good. I've been in like director jail for a decade, man. So, you know, it took me a long time to kind of write my way out of trouble and get, get back on the horse here. So, so that's, that's the best advice I could give. Welcome to Speak All Evil, the podcast you were warned about. I'm Trent here with Kevin, Kat, and Dave. Hello. 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 Hi. Follow us on Instagram at Speak All Evil Pod. We have a new famous friend. Yes, we do indeed. Last week, we spent uh, a good amount of time talking shop with Josh Rubin, who uh, we all know from Scare Me, Werewolves Within, Blood Relatives, and now A Wounded Fawn. We can add him to the list of the, the famous people that we know, including Mike P. Nelson, director of the Wrong Turn reboot from 2020. Mike's also doing a short in the next uh, VHS anthology, was announced shortly ago. We're friends with Dennis Perkins now, who writes for the Portland Press-Herald, uh, also Paste Magazine, Entertainment Weekly, Ultimate Classic Rock. He wrote for the AV Club for 10 years. So that's like three famous friends now that, uh, that we know. We're like Taylor Swift. We're getting like a squad Amazing. together. Yeah, we have a crew. <laughs> Who's next? I wonder if Josh Rubin will come to our next movie showing. I don't know when this is going to publish. I, I guess we don't want to give anything away. That You know, when we were talking to Josh, he was talking about some possible projects that he's got in the works. And, you know, you have to do that thing sometimes where you can't really say too much about it. So we have we have uh, some more famous friends we're trying to make. And we can't we can't say too much about it right no, now. No. We got a, a lot oh, of irons right. in the fire right now. <laughs> It's actually backing up our schedule. You guys know that we all choose movies ahead the week before. You can watch them with us. And now we're getting behind because we get directors I, I, and actresses and actors and I everyone's... So, Kevin's so booking. Hard. Kevin's booking famous people and at the same time getting mad about his episode being pushed yeah, back. Exactly. You can't have them both ways, bro. What, I don't know what you want. Fury. I want it all. I want it all. Mm. Well, here we are. Uh, it's Kevin's Airbnb week. <laughs> uh, I guess we're going to start with uh, a movie from 2020 called The Rental, available on Netflix or VOD. Pricey VOD. This is a good deal on Netflix. Really? Yeah, it's still like $13 VOD. Wow. Okay. Well, it's free on Netflix. So nice job, Netflix. Yeah, so this is one that's 2020-ish, 2021-ish. I think it had its festival run, and then it got pandemic. So this is another movie that uh, right underseen and under-discussed. So I wanted to kick that off this week. This is the writing and directorial debut of Dave Franco, who is brother of James Franco, and typically from the comedy world. So a lot of what we've been talking about, and we just talked about with Josh, is why, why do we think so many people from the comedic world are taking over horror? But 
he co-wrote this with Joe Swanberg, who we've talked about in, you know, he's in Your Next, uh, VHS, uh, The Sacrament that we discussed, uh, a segment of XX, and a, a frequent uh, Adam Wingard collaborator. So kind of like the mumblecore horror world. But it's a really simple, very contained cast and setting. Basically, you have two brothers. You've got Charlie and Josh. And they decide that because Charlie and Mina, who are working together, have just got a big influx of financial uh, support for their fledgling company, they want to take a weekend away. And Mina and Josh happen to be boyfriend-girlfriend. Charlie, I don't know if it's clear in the movie if they're married, Charlie and Michelle? I don't think it's clear. Yeah, or if they're boyfriend-girlfriend. Either way, you've got two brothers going away, away with their significant others to this lavish house that they decide to just drop the money on for a weekend. And they meet Taylor, who is the caretaker and the brother of the owner of the home. And things immediately get off to sort of a racist slash spooky slash very cliche horror trope where you're like, all right, we know what's going to happen here. Things don't go as you expect. Uh, But essentially, it's a movie about kind of how adulting is hard. Apparently, how uh, philandering is easy (laughs) and how shit can go real fucking bad by the end of an evening. Small cast, the five people I just mentioned, and then you have Reggie the dog, who I think is just as important a character as the people that we will talk about. This is one that I had on my radar. I'm surprised that nobody else on the cast had seen this. I had been following this for a while. I couldn't wait for it to come out. I think it's good. I think it's a, a it's a slow burn. It's much more of a character study. And as a viewer, I feel like you're very judgmental of these people. The movie puts you in a place to be very judgmental. And then in the last act, it just goes full horror, very straightforward. It's just we've taken you on a journey with people, and now horror things are going to happen. People are going to die. I love this one, and I honestly, when I brought this to you all, I was a little nervous because I thought this was good. I thought it was a slow burn. I did not know how you'd react, so I'm curious to see, uh, you know, Dave, let's start with you. What what you think? I love this. Um, I watched it when it first came out, but I didn't make it all the way through. So to me, it was very much a thriller. The back half, especially like the last 10 minutes, really puts the movie in a different category for me. But uh, a funny thing happened uh, last week when you had mentioned we'd be watching this. I, I'd rented some other movie, something pricey, like you know, like you were talking about the thirteen dollar premiums. I rented it somewhere, and then uh, the next day I was like, "Oh shit, I got to watch the rental." And Caitlin's like, "Oh, you didn't watch that?" And then the next day I was like, "Oh shit, I got to watch the rental." She's like, "Now you're gonna have to rent it again." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, not yeah. that rental. You rent the rent rental. rental. Oh, you. Once I did get through this the whole way, I was like, okay, I want to see this again. So I watched the whole thing again twice this week. I really enjoyed it. It reminded me of the movie City Slickers a little bit, and it reminded me of Tucker and Dale versus Evil, but played completely straight. <laughs> I think that this is a hot take on intolerance. I'm not s- sure it's a necessary take, but uh, I think it's definitely about culture shock. Because there's this guy, and when you watch it a second time, you find the first time you went through, you were judgmental, just like the people are. But if you break down everything he says and everything he does, I'm talking about Taylor, the guy who's the caretaker of the Airbnb, you realize that you might be 
jump into conclusions yourself. And that's the way I felt the second time I watched it. And you start to see uh, how other characters are being villainous and they're doing deceitful things and they're um, just kind of looking out for themselves. And ultimately, this comes down to a thing where, you know, you there's the decision like something bad happens do we call the cops no because there's this dynamic this guy's whatever on parole or whatever you know it's a it's a a trope that happens in movies but uh, i like the way this flipped it completely without spoiling too much it reminded me of some of uh trent's voyeuristic picks uh recently and uh i really love the rental yeah i love this one i had never heard of this i was um Happy to check it out, and I was pleasantly, I wouldn't say I was surprised because I didn't know anything about it to even to have expectations, but I just think this is a good old-fashioned sleazeball thriller. <laughs> I, I loved this movie, You're, and I loved the, the flipping of expectations that happened, not only with Taylor, the owner of the Airbnb, but the two brothers, Charlie and Josh, at the beginning of the movie. Josh is the ne'er-do-well, the loser brother. He's been to jail. He's like, you know, he has no career or whatever. And, and his brother Charlie is talking about what a loser he is and how he doesn't know what his coworker Mina sees in him. I loved the whole, uh, this is a, a kind of a cautionary tale on the danger of the work spouse. Mm, People like to yep. joke about their work husband and their work wife. Well, let, let me tell you something right now. <laughs> you be very careful about the work wife and the work husband and all that because uh, it can go wrong pretty quickly. So I, I liked this sort of idea of all of these different players and the morality questions and the sort of the relationship questions that happen when the four of these people, two couples, two being brothers two being work spouses, um, all sort of come together in this little like boiling pot. I was a little surprised at how quickly it went to sexy time. Mm. Loved that. <laughs> uh, I thought it, the horror part also very sleazy in that there was no point to it really other than being sleazy horror. Um, I, I really appreciated that, but at the same time, I thought the movie looks great. I think it, it's shot great. I think the performances are great. Uh, I appreciated the restraint. Uh, there's no drone shot in the driving. This this movie opens up with driving in a car through the woods to the place. And I was sitting there thinking, where's my overhead drone shot of this car? Any minute now, getting that Netflix original overhead drone shot. Great restraint. They only give you a quick little drone shot uh, <laughs> right when they get to the uh, cabin or the house or the camp, whatever it is. I had a great time with this one. There's the drugs. In this, got some ecstasy going on, got some goody two-shoes, got some not-so-goody-two-shoes, hot tub action, shower action, Airbnb camera action. This Ooh. is a thing I don't trust. I'm going to assume any Airbnb, I'm going to assume there's a camera in there. People are weird, people are gross, and they have cameras in the Airbnbs. Sign me up for the hotel every single time. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm team hotel, for sure. Uh, I'd rather just pay that same amount with well listen don't even get me started on airbnbs but with all the cleaning fees that they throw in there anyway it's gonna end up being the same price as a hotel exactly it's you not even a deal well. anymore i'm not here Fuck like that. oh please fold all the sheets when you leave and but no i'm leaving my shit wherever i want i'll yeah. leave a five and then yeah. i'm good to go yeah anyway i digress this movie was kind of lame i wasn't oh. really into that oh, i'm sorry I would say it was very lame until the last 20 minutes in which we got what we all come here to do. The first part was just like setting this, you know, this melodramatic scene, this tale of adultery 
and it was just kind of cringy to me. I don't know. I wasn't really, I don't think maybe it was what I was in the <laughs> mood to watch. I was just like, I don't know, that kind of sucks that you guys are like banging. You got these other two cool people just like, yeah, you know, not nice. But I was just waiting for some spooky shit to happen. I will say the misdirection was effective for sure. Definitely thought racist dude was up to no good. Uh, but which guy was that? The ra- which one was racist? Taylor. Oh, okay. the the homeowner. Right. The home. The guy. Caretaker. His brother Sorry, caretaker. owned the place. The 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 chairman. But no, he was just like a little racist guy. He wasn't really up to no good. And then we started to get into the meat and potatoes of what was really going on, and it started to get interesting. But then it all seemed like it was over so fast. Like it was just very weirdly paced. I think they spent too much time setting up, you know, this thing. But maybe that's, you know, someone was playing puppet master. So he was, you know, someone was kind of trying to construct this narrative and it worked in that way. But I was just, I don't know, I felt like it was like boom, bang, this cool thing, and then hammer, and then it just. And then it was just over. And then you're just kind of left speechless, just like, what was that it? And then like the end credits start to go, and you're just like, who? Why did that? Why? Anyway, I thought the cast was was good. We had the Brie, the Allison Brie, that guy uh, from sure. that other movie. He was oh, good. Jeremy Allen White. Yeah. Toast of the Town from The Bear and from Shameless. Shameless. Oh, that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah everybody yes. loves him. Do you love him? Um, I haven't watched The Bear. Um, I haven't either. Have, did you see I watched the first episode. Yeah. Have you seen Shameless? Shameless uh, seemed a little too real to things that I experienced yeah. in my life, so I was all set with that one. But you don't and think he's hot? You don't, th- you don't think he's hot? The, so here's the thing. I won't watch The Bear because I'm afraid I will fall in love with this man. <laughs> and I are, and I can't- See, I knew I hate you know? that guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was pleasantly surprised that the pet did not get it in this mm. one. So mm. that was spoiler. a nice- um, Yes, that's the spoiler. <laughs> The cast is great. Uh, you mentioned Jeremy Allen White, Allison Brie, Sheila Vand plays Mina, Josh's girlfriend. That's Jeremy Allen White. We saw her in a girl walks home alone at night. Yeah, I, I, I was was like, whoa! I didn't know that until after no the idea. movie, and I looked it up. Yeah. yeah, all the hype for the movie was just like Dave Franco's horror debut, and Dave Franco is married to Allison Brie. So obviously her name came up. I didn't know that Sheila Vane was in this until I started watching it when it first came out. And I and love then, that one. The Girl Walks Home Alone uh, at Night. We've talked about That's a great one. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. Dan Stevens plays Charlie, Josh's brother that is the, the good brother. He was in The Guests with Micah Monroe, who we talked about. And it follows- Directed um, by- Go for it. Adam Wingard. Right. I was, I was giving you- Oh, you were getting. I was trying to not turn this into a fact. Trying to see if you knew. Trying to make like fact. I just thought you had it. I know who directed it. Do you? (laughs) No. No. Like I'm trying to. I'm trying to make fact friends now instead of fact offs. New new segments. New new uh, yeah. New vibe on the show. Um, And then Apostle, which is I believe also a Netflix one. Yeah. It's a long one, but it's it's worth watching. It's oh, I loved. I I think it's good. Um, It took me a couple times through. But yeah, I mean, cat. I know it's like kind of a slog. Like you say, lame, which I, <laughs> I I will give you the opportunity to find a different word to describe it. But I think it's really good because a lot of the tension is in what 
I think you think is lame. A lot of the tension is just in bad decisions that you watch these people make in one night. Yeah. And then the tension escalates when they other things happen that they could never have imagined. They start finding cameras in the house and they start doing this. I love how that like that leads to their decisions. This whole movie is watching a series of decisions and where it lands every single character. Even the ones like Alison Bree's character, Michelle, she doesn't deserve what happens to her at any well, point in well, the movie. Well, we can talk. I want to talk about that. Okay. <laughs> nice. Are we going to do like that. a spoiler version of this? Because this I don't is think a... we... Well, we can do a spoiler round, but... Okay. I like this movie, especially upon subsequent watches, because every single decision and judgment and, you know, you have Charlie judging Josh so hard, but then Charlie finds himself in a place of like, well, I'm the fucking idiot now. Yep. But then also you have decisions that Charlie has to make because of something that happens to Josh because of other decisions. And then Charlie's like, well, I, I have to make this decision because it's my little brother. I think it's like a really interesting case in like extreme adulting in yeah. like a 24-hour yeah. period. And adultery. Yes. Yes. yes, both. I thought that everything was deliberately set up. Like what you're saying... I think that that's why I'm not trying to be devil's advocate when I say that Taylor was not racist. I think he was deliberately made so that that could be yes. taken either way. I agree. I think it was like cachet, and they're telling a story from an unreliable right. uh, perspective. Yeah. Right. You know, and then you're falling right into it. Right. And then, um, you know, because he's not necessarily, we don't know if he's in cahoots with his brother, mm -hmm. if his brother is bad or good if he's even there <laughs> you know what i mean if like it's even his brother right yeah. we don't know um and there's some honest reactions of his of taylor's that i think lend themselves to this argument when he seems so befuddled when she brings him into the bathroom he seems honestly he doesn't he doesn't know, know what, yeah. what he the doesn't hell know she's that's there about. right right and also you know he tries to uh the only time he tries to really be social is he talks about Reggie. Hope you find your dog. That's not my rule. I I love dogs. Yeah, because like, dogs aren't allowed. Right, dogs aren't allowed. But I'm just you know I'm not going to rat you out. Right. I don't know. And I then, think he was deliberately put there. That's why when you were like, oh, the racist guy, I was like, I don't know if he is. I think that's like a trap. It's like Dale and Be because and originally uh, Mina tried to rent. The house, and she has her name in the movie. Her her last name is very obviously Mohammadi. Yeah, something that a racist person that, that might be turned off by, and it gets re and so her request gets rejected, and then Charlie requests it, and white, is immediately yeah, immediately Charlie Smith or whatever his name is, Charlie <laughs> White guy, uh, and he gets accepted. So Mina automatically assumes that she was turned down because of her name, but you never learn any more than that, and that sets up immediate tension with Taylor about whether he's racist or whether he even does we don't know if he does the reservations he's the caretaker but we don't know if he's the booker and he doesn't really want to entertain the conversation but i thought one of the interesting things about this movie was the politics of cheating because one thing that happens is that charlie's girlfriend or wife i don't think they're married but charlie's girlfriend or wife michelle it is revealed that she got together with charlie when he was with someone else mm -hmm. she was the other woman now, she has no problem with that. She has no problem being the other woman and being a, a home wrecker, which I use, I'm joking, I don't really believe in that. But then she finds out that the person he was with before that, before the person that, that she stole him from, let's say, if we're being 
crass and crude. That his previous <laughs> relationship before that was also a result of like an infidelity and a cheating thing. Now, all of a sudden, she's very upset about this. Yep. It's okay that he cheated with her. But it's not okay well, it's be that different. he cheated before with the uh, with the previous person too. So yeah. I just like that question of like nobody minds when it's them, but then when they find out that they did this before two other times, it's like, well, wait a minute. I thought that was kind of uh, interesting. Listen, she can change him, Trent. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> he won't do it again. She'll be the last one. <laughs> he won't right. do it again. <laughs> Obviously, she did show some remorse though. I mean, she she seemed like she felt bad about it, and she said she was a nice girl. She didn't deserve that. And That's I right. But then, but and then she's like right. smiling. Like, yeah, you easy know. to say that. <laughs> very easy to say that once you win. That's very easy. And then the other thing about that is that when she's questioning Charlie about that previous relationship, he says, "I don't remember uh, all the details." <laughs> yes, I you do. I, I can tell yes, you. I can you. tell yeah. you one thing. I've been in a number of relationships and a number of breakups. I can tell you all the details. I remember <laughs> all the details of all of them. That is a bad answer. Mm-hmm. Well, but the and, and he's falling back on the fact that when she busts out the Molly, she kind of sets this whole thing up early by saying, "Oh, a funny thing. This is how we met. Like we were right. on Molly mm-hmm. the night we met." Right. And he's kind of like, "Well, you like we were doing drugs and like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You still remember? Live you know, by, uh, yeah. You know, if it was, you live know, by the sword, die by the sword. Live by the Molly, die by the Molly." <laughs> <laughs> this was an interesting one because I was surprised to find that this had like a three million dollar budget, three and a half million dollar. Mm-hmm. It only made like 4.3 at the box office, but obviously this was during pandemic times. But this was the second movie to also top the box office and the rental charts. At the same weekend. In the same week. So So, I mean, it's obviously, we've talked about this before, it's hard to find what movies are making in the rental space. They don't, studios don't like to release that stuff. But I would imagine that this probably made a, a decent amount of money. And obviously, Netflix would have had to pay to to get this on their platform, where it's been for a while and exclusively. Um, and then another thing we talk about a lot is, you know, Kat, you talked about how like it happens so fast, like with the killer shows up. And, and Trent, you mentioned that. Initially, in the script, Franco said that they did have the identity of the killer revealed. And that ultimately they decided as they were filming it, we don't need to do that. It's going to be more impactful if we leave the viewers hanging. So spoiler alert, you never know who has wired this house up with cameras, who is monitoring this, who is like puppeteering this entire horrific situation. And I'm of the camp, I think I've said before, I prefer that. I would not like to know. I I was trying to, to figure it out. So by the end of the movie... There's a scene where it almost seems like the the puppet master will be revealed. And I was thinking there's no possible way it could be any of the five characters that we've met. There, no. It's not physically possible for any of the five, including the, the caretaker, to have been that person. So I was waiting, and then you just don't even get that. Yeah. I wish there was some kind of a background to the character. I think that would have, I think it would have made it impactful in a different way. Because, like I said, it's just like left hanging, like, which in its own way, I guess I I liked because I just was flabbergasted for like the last like twenty minutes or whatever, and then just like left staring at nothing, like yeah. no information. That's why I find it like kind of sleazy. 
because <laughs> you know, almost like the strangers, where yeah, you're expecting to get some kind of sense out of this, and then it's just like, nope, just total nihilism. Just Does, nothing. Wrong, nope, doesn't wrong, matter. Wrong place, wrong time. Yep, that's it. That's I literally like that. it. I cheered at the first kill because it was a black glove. And I thought that was yeah. so classic to have, like, out of nowhere. At that point, I did not expect a yeah. black glove to come out of somewhere yeah. and yeah. kill the character I didn't think was going to be killed. And, right, yeah. Uh, you know, it was like really... That's crazy. Yeah, it was like, that was a really big twist. I cheered at the hot tub scene. Stop. <laughs> 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 Ecstasy's kicking in, you're in the hot tub, hey, stuff happens, and then the shower scene... Ah. The thing Sneeze. I respect the most about this movie is the efficiency of the kills that happen. There is not even any gurgling. There's no, <laughs> no. one-liners. Just... There's no, it's just thud and you're dead. Yeah. And it's like how it really would happen, I feel like. And that yeah. I applaud. There's no like, no, don't. Yeah, it's exactly. Just fucking, you're getting taken out. He's there, thud. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's <laughs> one, yeah, there's one kill that I wasn't even sure if it was final. I thought that the character might, because you don't even really get even that much yeah. resolution. I thought that character might come back at the end, you know, uh, end up doing something. But no, nope. no, dead. I knew it was going to get weird in the first shot of the, or the first scene, I guess. I, I knew it was going to be like a weird, like, cheater situation. <laughs> because she's like on his, like, they're like staring at the Airbnb rental and she's like on his shoulders. Um, the, the two work, you know, the work workmates. spouses. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. They lay that on pretty thick. Yeah. And they're like, oh, we deserve it. Like, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, okay. So this couple, like, they're going away. Like, sounds good. And then, like, her boyfriend comes in. It's like, hey, babe. And I'm like, what? Um, so I knew right there it was just going to be some weird, little did I know to the extent that it would get to. Hot. But, yeah, you know, Trent. You know, Trent. I like to bring up that you know. One time, I remember, I think Caitlin and I were were maybe even on ecstasy. It was like New Year's or something, and we look over and we saw someone else's girlfriend sitting on your lap. <gasps> I and oh, we we were being a little judgy. We we're like, I I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't I wouldn't sit on anyone's lap, baby. I was like, me neither. Look at Trent over there with someone else's girlfriend I, on his I, lap. I, I don't remember what you're talking about. But it doesn't sound like something I would do. I don't know. I feel like you do know all the details because um, you just said yeah, that details. you would remember well, I would all the details. need more specificity on this particular <laughs> on this particular lap yeah, sitting. Yes. Yeah. I'd like that they all got hammered uh, out at the cabin. Well, Allison Bree didn't. Right. So Michelle decides. But the basic, they have a big hike that they the have to go. The weapon was on. a hammer. Oh, and they got. <laughs> they all got hammered. Oh. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> I like that. I love the blood thing. It's not. It's not as like. Uh, I feel like there's some cowardice to a gun. You got to stand at a distance. Yes, you point it, and they're dead. Definitely. But the hammer—it's intimate. And, uh, mm. and he used bashing. the pointy end. Yes. Not even just the. Blunt I like the part. mask too. The mask is good. I did Me not too. like the mask. It well, scared. I mean, was... I, I wouldn't say I like. <laughs> I would not want to run into that myself. Yeah. No. So Taylor, the the property manager, uh, who's played by Toby Huss, he was in the Invitation. Which we mm. talked about. He's been, he's a huge character. He was actor. in the uh, American remake of Martyrs. He was in the 2018 Halloween, the first one of the trilogy that just wrapped up. And he's in the new uh, Weird Al movie. Yeah. And he and Allison Brie were both in Horse Girl. Oh, right. I saw that. Um, Allison Brie was in Scream 4. Wow. Yeah. We have a lot of tie ins. Facts. Well, the music. Who did the music, Trent? <laughs> Couldn't tell you. All right. Danny Benzie and Sonder Azurians did the music, <clears throat> which I thought was good. It was very subtle. They did the music for The Lodge. What was that second name? Oh. That was one of our favorite The Lodge, picks. my favorite of 2020. Yes. Fucking Chandra fuck Zurian. that movie. 
Sondergerians. <laughs> it's a tongue twister. Zack Schneider. <laughs> um, also did the music for uh, the autopsy of Jane Doe, which is not oh. at the show yet, but it's one that I that's think that's a good one. Yeah, I like that's that one, one that's probably going to come down yep, the pipeline. We'll talk about that. Cinematography, Christian Springer, very eclectic uh, filmography, lots of TV credits. Uh, again, in the horror world, this seems like something where Dave Franco was getting a bunch of pals together, people that they'd worked with before and done things before. And again, we we. You know, it's a, a like a broken record. We talk about it all the time, how a lot of times these indie little horror films bring together a bunch of friends and give them opportunities to do like maybe feature things where they have only done TV uh, or done some smaller scale stuff. Yeah, I feel like if one of us made a movie, probably have everyone else in it, right? Right, guys? Of, of course. Right? Yeah. It would depend on the reading. <laughs> I, I would I would bring every, you'd have to read for me. I, there would be no automatics. Trent, we're gonna have to do some readings for uh, Namaste. Yes, we are. Yeah, we need to get that together. Stat. Josh Rubin is very yeah. interested in that. <laughs> yeah? yeah, is he? <laughs> yes. Did you tell him about it? Dave I, Dave mentioned it. Oh, I, yeah? I didn't. I wouldn't uh, describe the response as interest, but I know. think he said I'd make that or something like that. He's like, send me the screenplay. And you're like, you got it, Josh. I'll have to finish writing it first. That's the, the trick. <laughs> Two more very important Taylor's moment, Taylor moments that he gives us. One, real solid plumber's butt scene. Oh, yeah. Great plumber's real butt good. scene. Yeah. Uh, and then he finishes fixing. After the plumber's butt scene, he fixes the hot tub. Yeah. And he says, well, enjoy your last night. Ever. <laughs> I'm a good guy for a gal. All right, second Airbnb week pick. This is neck and neck right now for me for the best horror movie of the year with X that we've already covered. But this is 2022's Barbarian. Uh, written and directed by Zach Kreger, apparently started while he was on The Shitter, which I love. <laughs> <laughs> and this is a big one. This was uh, the little engine that could. Four and a half million dollar budget, $44 million box office return. I think we can get into how this movie came about a little bit later. But first, this is the story of Tess, played by Georgina Campbell, who I only knew from Black Mirror, the Hang the DJ episode. Hadn't seen her really in anything else. And Keith, played by Bill Skarsgård. So we all know him as Pennywise from the most recent uh, It in It 2. And they apparently have both booked the same Airbnb in a very questionable neighborhood in Detroit, Michigan. And they decide, you know what? We're going to make this work. It's a rainy night. There's a convention in town. You can't possibly find a hotel so Keith, coming off as the good guys, like, look, Tess, just stay here. This movie also stars Justin Long, who we just talked <laughs> about in Tusk. And again, it's another role, like, like one of the most likable actors in, in the industry was a douchebag in Tusk. He's even more of a douchebag in this movie. Mm -hmm. It's incredible. Uh, this movie... For me, the the way that it tricks you, kind of kind of like we just talked about in the rental, you think you know what's going on. This is that on meth. <laughs> this is you as a horror viewer or just casual or hardcore horror view. You're watching this movie and saying, I know what's going to happen. I know what's going to happen. You don't. 
And that's why I love this movie. That's why it may end up being my my top pick for the year because it just flips the movie flips itself on its head two, three, four different times. Yeah. And I appreciate that. Like I love the excitement, the tension. It is full on horror. It also gives us Richard Brake who plays Frank. Uh, he was in Mandy that we talked about. He's also been in... Some, uh, uh, Rob Zombie loves to use Richard Brake. Um, but again, small cast, pretty concise location. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I, I think that this one, just in terms of what it does, I'm going to get full spoiler on this. So if you haven't watched Barbarian, just go watch it on HBO Max. You know, We told you we we're going to be covering this. I don't Cheap rental, too. It's only like three or four bucks to view Yeah, if you don't have HBO, I don't want to talk about this without getting fully in on everything that happens. Cat, I'm dying to know what you could possibly have thought of this film. <laughs> this one got very hyped up for me. From you guys, from literally like ex-coworkers. Have you seen Barbarian? What'd you think of Barbarian? I'm like, haven't, haven't seen it yet. Like, guess we'll find out. Saving it for the pod. I did not dislike it. I would like that to be known. I did like this film, but it was just so fucking weird. This just so weird, really aesthetically pleasing. I loved, loved the cinematography that pulled me right in right away. And I liked all the characters a lot, even Justin Long, because he is just so unlikable. It's so terrible in this movie. I don't know when he made the switch to playing assholes, but I think he should never play a likable character <laughs> ever again because he's just so good at it. He does it so easily. My favorite part was him <laughs> discovering basically a murder room and just being excited that the, it meant extra <laughs> it square, footage. square footage. To <laughs> his house? Yes, like, good call. And then he's got his tape like his measuring his tape, tape measure. and he's just like do 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 like going down into a murder dungeon he's like passing by cages and he's like oh what's that let me get over here and he's just like oblivious. I was thinking about like if that was us we would be like uh cops now no literally <laughs> the like we were watching it and I was just like stop just stop like do not it was just constant but that's the two different perspectives on discovering the tunnel were It was hilarious. just so funny. I just loved it. Yeah. It was He perfect. was Googling, uh, do basements count for square footage? <laughs> <laughs> yes. And she's like trapped in a basement and like won't go back down. I loved this uh, this other case of misdirection with Bill Skarsgård at the beginning. Hmm. I definitely thought that he was like going to be up to no good. Like he was going to be like the sinister one and something weird was going to happen. But really it was just incompetence of Airbnb that made <laughs> these two people uh, sharing this space. I like it because you, you think it's like... You th I thought it was like supernatural. Like once I was like, okay, well, it's not the Airbnb. It's not Bill Scars or it's not Skarsgård. Is it ghosts? Like what is this? Is it demons? Like cause doors are closing and yada, yada, yada. Um, and then he's like having those weird dreams. But then you find out it's not that. You find out it's just something so completely different. And it was so effective in that way. It was just frightening. It was full of twists, but it was just so funny also it was just so fucking weird i found it i i it lives up to the hype i will say i think it was hyped up appropriately i it was i was very surprised in a good way it was awesome well this would have been the big sleeper horror hit of the year if not for smile which has now surpassed it and i haven't seen smile yet i love this movie i think this is a fantastic movie 
because of how unexpected almost every single thing that happens is. This is like three different movies, maybe four mm-hmm. in one. It's wild. It's crazy. There's a great article in Vulture right now called Nobody in Hollywood Wanted to Make Barbarian. You should look that up. I can see why. And it's an amazing story. This movie went against all odds. There are so many reasons why it shouldn't have been made, why so many people didn't want to make it. It's incredible that it got made. And I salute that. And I salute Zach Kreger. He he talks in that article in Vulture about how he just can't even believe, like he wakes up and pinches himself basically every day that this even happened. Um, and I love how unconventional it is. I would not call it i i am a little i I do think it's a little maybe overhyped i think that you and dave have a a little bit of a recency bias always that the last thing you always say is like the best thing i would say this might be in my top five on the year this has turned out to be such a strong year from the first half where we were thinking it was kind of weak to now i would have a tough time with my top five i think this might be in it uh and and i did really love it and uh, i saw this at the theater and and i loved going back and seeing it a second time the performances are great i had never heard of um georgina campbell i don't think she's done much in feature film no like the black mirror episode or something i think most of her other uh, filmography is tv yeah but she murders this one um there's a incredible switch at 40 minutes in i think that's the first time 40 minutes into this movie everything turns Mm -hmm. and you almost just you're just in a different movie all of a sudden and it wasn't you know i remembered from the trailer that justin long was in this movie so i was expecting and in sarsgaard and because of the way the setup is i just was expecting something totally different that 40 minute switch where it just starts a, a totally different story with a character you haven't even heard of to that point. So unconventional, again, so charming. The the backstory, <laughs> it just, it might, you know, it's so weird. Yeah, but like it's, an hour it's just, in, it flips you 40 years it, back. But, and then it goes right back, right. Then it flips you again to the 80s in this thing going on with this guy. It's just so crazy. I have to love it. Great time. Highly recommend this one for sure. Not sure. I mean, it's certainly no X in my opinion. Um, I thought the there was a mystery and suspense surrounding like the promo to this. Um, you just heard people talking under their breath that had seen it, and then no one like the internet was surprisingly guarded about the twists, and it was almost like uh, everything everywhere all at once. You'd hear people be like, "Oh, did you see it? Did you see it?" And they'll go in the other room and talk, <laughs> and and you'd be like, "What?" You know. So Barbie was kind of like that. It was like so it was built up to me. I just heard that it was good. And people would just like shake their head like, oh, you're going to see it tonight? Oh, man. You know, and I would be like, oh, really? What's what's going to happen here? But I feel like the the twists themselves are like a character. They're like, a, they play a comedic role in the movie. Uh, it's the, it's like devious and mischievous and the what the fuck moments like make it funny. And it also compels you to see what they're going to do do next and how they're going to divert you and and you start feeling like you're being duped while you're watching it i thought i knew what this movie was about just based on the title right going in i was right. like oh this is definitely just a horror movie about a librarian named barbara classic <laughs> <laughs> oh and then God. i was like whoa this isn't like conan the barbarian at all mm-hmm Get out of the basement. There's a tunnel under the house. Get, get, out, get out of the historical nonfiction section. Go get the square footage. Get out of there. Get to the chopper. 
Um, but I loved Barbarian. Um, I'm one of those people that built it up. I love, I like the hype. Now, in 2023, we've been underdogs. Now, when it's, horror well, movies do... First of all, oh, it's 2022. I, I just want to point out, this is the second week you've done that. So you keep said saying... That. Yeah, you said it last time. It's 2022 still. Thank we you. We still have two Thank months you. to go. Okay. I just like canceled the rest of the week. <laughs> <laughs> I have no plans for the rest of the year. But I think that now there's a certain uh, you know, pride when these horror movies really hit at the box office and they become this like pop phenomenon it's it's cool and it's exciting yeah, it's awesome. and i got caught up in that with this and i i thought it was great i think it's a testament to the horror community that i think that our community is one of the best at what you were just talking about at keeping things under wraps so when a movie comes out that really is original and it has twists like you said like let's go in the other room and talk about it <laughs> you know, and, and, and in the internet age that we're in right now that's amazing and I think it's, it's it's important to keep saying, like I think I said when when we were announcing that we were doing Barbarian, I was like, just watch the first trailer and that's it. And our community, for the most part, will do that. Like when I hear something from someone, it's like, oh, don't like, well, like Dave. When you tell me, oh, don't don't read on that, just watch it. I right. do that. Right, I do too. And I think that's really like it's amazing that we can still have that sort of like let's keep the cat in the bag. But when it's that good, I think when it's that good, it makes you, it's like if someone's like, I'm buying my wife a house for Christmas, <laughs> you're not going to be blabbing it around to everyone and the wife finds out, you know what I mean? It's that good that you don't want to give it away. Should Caitlin be excited about Christmas? Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> it's also kind of hard to give it away because how do you give away four different movies? Like, yeah. what, How would you even give it away? It's There's no like, one big spoiler. You are not going to know, you're, you're not going to anticipate anything there's nothing what you do anticipate is totally wrong mm -hmm. I, I love the whole setup where they've both rented the same airbnb and you know bill sarsgaard Skarsgård by now from it you expect one thing and it's very clear and you're wondering how that's going to play out that's not it everything so it's almost hard to spoil if you wanted to danger the emergency destruct system is now activated the ship will detonate in T-minus 10 minutes. The option to override automatic detonation expires in T-minus 5 minutes. Let's talk about Skarsgård because obviously from Pennywise to the other things that he's done, in this one, he is the good guy. But he plays it so nuanced. Not for long. And so, like, no, he is. He's the good guy. Well, yeah, but, I mean, not for very long. Yeah, exactly. You have somebody <laughs> of his caliber that lasts 39 minutes in, in the entire movie. But the whole time, you're, like, watching him, and you're like, oh, my God, he makes the tea. And then he's like, oh, you didn't um, see me make your cup of tea. I'll make you another cup of tea, and you can watch me make it. I have this bottle of wine I'd like to drink with you, and I'll open didn't it Didn't open up. it because, right. Yeah, I mean, he plays this to a fucking tea. And Tess... You know, did Tess go a little bit too far in ignoring red flags? Because Kreger, the director, has said that he wrote this after reading a book on women recognizing red flags and in the ignoring world. them. Yeah, what was it called? The Gift of Fear. Yes, I think was the book. I've got some takes. Um, personally, you know, because it's you put yourself in into the movies that you that you watch, you empathize. You're like, what would I do in this situation? I would have been out of there. 
two minutes in. Yeah. Oh, you booked it too? You're already here? No worries. Um, I'm just going to pop back in my car. I'll drive into the city. But real life situation, like you can't find another hotel. Uh, like you're in a weird no, part of Detroit. I, like I you would, have to sleep no. in your car. You got a big nope. job interview no. tomorrow. I'm driving what? to the city. You know what, Kevin? You can uh, call a, a, a Motel 6 that might be 30 miles away and stay there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'd be like, oh, Personally, you got wine? But they. <laughs> well, that's the thing. There's that moment this where they. Sick. They, where they go through it, where he's like, you know, like, well, she's talking about how it seemed like a scary situation for her. Um, she was like, if the tables were turned and you showed up and I was already here, no way in hell I'm letting you into this apartment. You know what I mean? And I was like, right, they same do address girl. It. Yeah, they Absolutely. do address it. Right. Yeah, because there's just two different, there's well, two different worlds. Well, I think, but once she finds out that he has seen that that documentary. And when she finds out who he is and yeah. what he does, then to me that I, I thought that was totally normal. Like yeah. that at that point, you know that it was oh, a little okay. came late down. into yeah. their engagement, though. Yeah, that's true. The cat saying true. two minutes in, gone. Right. Yeah. Never I, I, I gotten agree. to that yeah. point of like a personal connection that right. they had, which is maybe a fault of mine, but I, it's kept me alive uh, for no, thirty-one I think years. We so. should probably all read that book. I think <laughs> the fact that you're still here, almost three years in. I don't this think that <laughs> says great things about your instincts. <laughs> well, you got me there. Well, I thought there was a point much after, you know, two minutes in and all that. I probably would have stayed. I probably would have drank some wine, yucked it up with a dude or girl or whoever was there. But when I discovered the room and the camera and the stains and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. I Ouch. would have been out of there. And he was Ouch. like, oh, I just want to check it out first. I'll be like, you can check it out. I'll be at the with the police or whatever. Yeah. Who are the most inept police oh, yeah. ever? Yeah, this is a big, well, I, big. Uh, I don't think they were inept. I think that it was a question of the neighborhood. They they just simply can't send people out to every single call that they get because the well, neighborhood right. is so and, and bad. This is like classic Detroit and some of the you know cities we've seen just go into complete disrepair. Right, where Tess arrives at night and is. Simply following her GPS. She looks like a homeless drug looking, addict. Let's, and, you know. No, but looking for the house. She gets there uh, at night when yeah. it's raining. And then in the morning, oh, great when scene. she leaves, yeah. you notice yeah. that this house looks pretty good. And everything else is it, like complete like dystopia. It's almost yeah. comical when she walks out. Because like you say, it's at night and it's raining. When she walks out the next morning... And sees the rest of the neighborhood. It's almost comical. Like, okay, well, and Craig again. Is... He does the Get Out scene, the running, like the scene from Get Out with the running. Right. Yeah. Yes. Like, kind yes, of like the out of focus. Guy. Yeah. And the homeless guy comes out there and comes at Tess. Like, you can't go in that house. Like, come here, little girl. Like, you yeah. can't go in that house. In that moment, though, I was like, dude knows something. Though, it didn't seem like he was like trying to get her. I was like, he knows something about this house. There's something wrong with this house. Yes. I thought that the honestly the the backstory from the 80s uh, about the guy who was doing all of these totally bizarre and disgusting, horrible, like really, really just, I don't know. Honestly, it seemed a little sh- a little much to shoehorn in this whole like 30, 40 year story of this guy who's doing all this stuff. I mean, uh, I liked it because it's so fantastical and it's so, it's so unbelievable, but I, I don't know. A little much, I thought. A little heavy-handed in terms of like classism and like how society has been degrading. Right, because they for, show like, the neighborhood structure and everything. They show the neighborhood when he started his his little thing sure. that he's doing, and and this is a case where I wish this movie was longer. 
Yeah, I was saying that could have been I was like, give me 25 minutes. Exactly. Like, you gave me 40 minutes of, like, Skarsgård and Georgina Campbell. Great. And then you flipped it to the Justin Long, L.A. hotshot thing, and then tied it back in. And then you flipped it to the Richard Brake backstory. I would have loved to have seen that. That was far too short, I think. Yeah, I needed more of that backstory. I'm with you. you. Um, But I did love, there's a scene where Justin Justin Long's character, AJ, he's an actor. And there's a scene where he gets canceled. He's on a conference call (laughs) with like his agent and the showrunner for the new show that he just did a pilot for. So he's driving in his convertible. He's listening to music. And he gets this call. AJ, we have to talk. Some stuff has happened. And you see the scene is a cancellation in real time where his agent and showrunner have to tell him, one, there are some accusations against you. They're very serious. The network is taking it very seriously. You're out of this show, even if it does go forward. And not only that, you might be looking at some criminal charges and basically we're done with you. And you get to see that play out. I thought that was very good. And then mm-hmm. he's with his financial advisor. Craig, financial... the director. That was the director. Oh, was? oh, he played the financial advisor? Yeah. Oh, no wow. way. Everett. Wait, that was the director? Yeah. That's Zach Kreger? That's Kreger. I would have imagined him to be much younger. I'm pretty sure. You might have to fact check me on that. I but... might fact check you, you on might. that. You might have to cut that I... out. Yeah. We're, we're trying to get Craig <laughs> on the show, so you might have to. But I'm pretty not. sure that I, I read that uh, Kreger plays. No, he, uh... he plays a role in the movie. I don't. I don't think it was the financial advisor, but e- oh, let's check that. Either way, let's we will check, check that. But he he gives him his whole. You know, he does his job as his financial advisor. Tells him how much money he has left, how much the lawsuit's going to cost, how much the countersuit, because of course he's going to countersuit uh, for def- defamation. And then he says, also, I'm going to give you your files back. I can't represent you anymore. That so was harsh. Now that his was now harsh. his financial advisor is canceling him as well, and it's just like everybody is jumping ship on this guy, except for his mom. Right, she knows he didn't do those yeah, things. Of course, yeah. <laughs> and then, and then his buddy. That seed, because in that moment, you know, I don't know. You always want to suspend disbelief. You always want to give someone the benefit of the doubt, even if they're obviously a really shitty character. But you're like, well, maybe you know, maybe he didn't do these things, blah blah. And then when he's describing to his friend what he did. He's like that is yeah. Zach Kreger. J- just took a lot. That's, that is okay, Zach Kreger. That's Zach Kreger. I just fact checked, checked us. The, the, friend. the friend. Okay. Yeah. That's it's, oh, it's the buddy in the bar. Duh. Yeah, the yeah, buddy in the bar. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, cut yeah. all that out. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's just like, yeah, you see him just be like, yeah, no, I coerced, you know, I, you know, gave her some yeah, she coercion. Said, yeah, she said no, like, but, you know. But then I'm very, you know me, like, I'm really, you know. Eye of the tiger, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm eye of the tiger. Yeah, I, that, yeah, that was gross. It was, yeah, that was the moment where I was like, mm, I cannot wait to see what happens to this fucking guy. The part that was so poor. <laughs> on his part that just made me like burst out laughing and it's like why am I laughing he's on the phone with his mom and his friend calls him and he's like I gotta go uh, I got an pr- important work call and his mom's saying I love you and he, he hangs up in the middle of it her. and he's like and what's, what's up, up fag well, I wasn't gonna say that but <laughs> <laughs> he, he even does the full version of that word it's a little heavy handed I thought but yeah it's just so shocking that it's like, oh my God, this guy is the worst. Justin Long owns the house that all of this is going down in. And right. basically what happens is she discovers this weird kill room hidden in the basement. And then not only that, a series of tunnels <laughs> that exist underneath this house. I mean, I feel like we're getting a little far. I mean, we don't want to explore too far. 
because even that to me was a, a, would you, would have spoiled that part of the movie for me because I had no idea what was coming. What the you know what I mean? You're like there's yeah. something wrong with the house. The guy ran at you, but I I think it's almost a spoiler to say. What's under the house? Even. Kevin is spoiling. Kevin is, is going totally. Yeah, you free well, ball. We, should, yeah. we should enter a spoil zone. But nothing after that I, I would have expected. I would not have ever expected for Bill Skarsgård's character, Keith, to be so suddenly dispatched and just, unceremoniously. Just, yes. Just see that you later. Got me. That and was very effective. God. One of my favorite scenes in the movie is when Justin Long comes back because he owns this house and he's trying to liquidate property to basically deal with his legal expenses and the fact that he's now canceled and has no income. And he gets trapped as Tess is. My favorite scene is you see the woman, the woman in the house. So there is this, you get major boobs in this movie, not in the traditional way that you would expect from oh, a horror film. They were major. And when he gets thrown in the, like this pit, like this cage pit with her, and she is basically saying... Don't get upset. She wants you to be her baby. This is the first move. We've seen a lot of things on this podcast. This is the first time, I'm going to say with confidence, we have seen forced breastfeeding yes. of an adult oh man. Oh, my God. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the fact that Justin Long, that his AJ just can't fucking listen to tests, like... She has the situation like on lockdown. Yeah, she's, she's like, figured I it out. I know how I could potentially survive this situation. Can you just chill out? And when she hands you the bottle, just just fucking drink, drink it. off it, and it has her. You are hair, not in control. Has her hair it's, like dripping off? It's oh not cute. Oh my god! I don't um, like thinking about it. Yeah, that that is one of my favorite scenes. But then you do get like we let me like when we talked to Josh Rubin about a wounded fawn. They give you like Act One, Act Two, like Act Three. This movie just keeps jerking you around. And when you get back to the fact that Richard Brake's character was just abducting women bringing them down to that weird room and the tunnels and just having sex with them the whole time. And when Justin Long eventually, like they do get out of the cage and Long finds them and he finds the the VHS collection with the titles. The titles. I felt like that's where all the exposition was from that backstory we wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was. Like, the funny thing about this movie is that... Um, I looked at the parents' guide. I didn't look at any spoilers, um, but I looked at the parents' guide because I wanted to see if I could bring my daughter. And it said, at one part of it, it was like, you know, brief to moderate or whatever. And then it says, there's a woman who appears all throughout the movie, and every time she appears, her breasts are shown. And I'm like, what kind of frat party movie is this <laughs> that a woman, every time she's on screen, she just flashes her she's boobs? Like, You're like, Quigley. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, what kind of movie is this? And then I saw it, um, and I just thought that was hilarious, and I recommended it to my daughter, and she was like, oh my God, you didn't tell me. I brought my friends. You didn't tell me about the nudity. And I go, what nudity? <laughs> I mean, it's like I was, I totally not like, even thought no of that. There are no sexy boobs in that. What That's are you like latex about? and makeup and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it's not real boobs. Yeah, I mean, you eventually find out that uh, Richard Brake's character in this house has been abducting and sexually assaulting and and fathering children with 
many women. And then sexually assaulting the children the, the that children he of the fathers children. with yes. the women a little much. And, and living in the tunnels underneath this house, but still has access to the home. Justin Long eventually escapes and thinks that Richard Brake is a victim of the, the woman that we're talking mm-hmm. about. Uh, this one lady who is trying to have a baby. And he discovers a series of tapes, and they have titles such as Puker, Blind, Very Old, One Breast, Won't Stop Crying, Suicide, Gas Station Redhead. Yeah. And he pops one in. I think Gas Station Redhead was the one in the, in mm-hmm. the VCR, and realizes that Richard Brake is the guy yeah. that has basically made all of this happen. And... Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I mean, where it goes from there is, I don't know. It's. it's, it's um, I will say, Nick pointed out the title of this film, almost an exact anagram of Airbnb. Wow. Yeah. I was wondering about that too, and I, I read that Krager had titled it "Barbarian" just kind of as a placeholder, and then it somehow he just like kept it "Barbarian," which doesn't really make that much. No. Sense it just that is just is the name of the movie. Barbary Street is the only way that I. Oh, it's yeah, on it was Barbary like, like Street. Forty-seven Barbary Street or something, right? Was the, the, yes, the Barbary Street, right? And Airbnb anagram. Maybe Ooh, interesting well, combo. Do you guys know who Zach Kreger is married to? Uh, nope. Yes, Mrs. Kreger. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah Paxton. Oh shit! Who oh. we saw in the Innkeepers that we talked about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ty oh. Westfield. Wow! Did not know that. And Last House on the Left remake in 09. Oh, she was in that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. Huh. Yeah. Music. Ready? Anna Drubik. Werewolves Within. <gasps> oh, the whole oh, circle. Coming together. Oh. Boom. Next week, I can't even tell you. We don't know what's happening next week. We've got, like you said, Kevin, we've got many irons in the fire. We've got many uh, fish on the grill we don't know what's happening next week. on the barbie I, I think it's my turn but we also have uh mitch has a request in for a couple movies to talk about we've got some other people we're we're trying to line up a uh an episode with so you're just gonna have to follow us on instagram at speak all evil pod and we will let you know what we're doing next week because Ooh. we don't so suspenseful Wait, can I just mention that Justin Long's character was supposed to be played by Zac Efron? I saw that. Oh. And it would have been way worse yes. if well, that happened. Who knows? I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe he would have Sorry. done a good job. I could see him douching out in that convertible <laughs> for sure. I'd like to see Zac Efron get canceled in a convertible while he's driving down the coastal highway. <laughs> yeah, in real life, but Justin Long. like, hey, Who is Zac Efron? He's an actor, right? He, yes. He played High uh, School Musical. He's he not played he Ted wasn't, Bundy. Yeah, Ted Bundy. Yeah, he played uh, Bundy in like oh, the way too long titled movie. Well, yeah. I'm not nice. Yeah, yeah. I, I like about him as a extremely wait. dark and terrifying. Yes. And yeah, yeah. I thought that was pretty good. I like that. Shockingly something. It's what the judge said to Bundy. Right. Mm. It's a mouthful. I, I remember that. 